I'm Richard Figge, and this is for Reading Out Loud. I've had a request for a selection of Aesop's fables, and I'm happy to oblige. Many of us have happy memories of early encounters with Aesop, perhaps most famously the tortoise and the hare. So much from the fables has entered our language and culture that we may scarcely think of the source. A friend of mine was fond of saying, "'Who's going to bell that cat?' when a useful but risky course of action was proposed. Tonight we'll hear the original. So who was Aesop? We know that he was a great fabulist and storyteller who lived in the 7th and 6th centuries B.C. Aristotle, Herodotus, and Plutarch tell of him, and say that he was a former slave who grew to prominence through his satirical wit and gifts as a storyteller. Legends grew up around the man and his fables, and the fable form became so widely popular that we're not even sure which stories are his and which might have been slipped into collections over the years. What we do know is that Aesop's fables, peopled, if that's the word, by animals, have offered us joy and practical wisdom for countless generations. The Old Lion and the Fox A lion, enfeebled by age and no longer able to procure food for himself by force, determined to do so by cunning. Taking himself to a cave, he lay down inside and pretended to be sick, and whenever any of the other animals entered to inquire after his health, he sprang upon them and devoured them. Many lost their lives in this way, till one day a fox called at the cave, and having a suspicion of the truth, addressed the lion from outside instead of going in, and asked him how he was. He replied that he was in a very bad way. But, he said, why do you stand outside? Pray come in. I should have done so, answered the fox, if I hadn't noticed that all the footprints pointed toward the cave, and none the other way. Moral. Take warning from the misfortunes of others. Here's another lion story I'm sure you'll remember. The Lion and the Mouse. A lion asleep in his lair was awakened by a mouse running over his face. Losing his temper, he seized it with his paw and was about to kill it. The mouse, terrified, piteously entreated him to spare its life. "'Please let me go,' it cried, "'and one day I will repay you for your kindness.' The idea of so insignificant a creature ever being able to do anything for him amused the lion so much that he laughed out loud and good-humouredly let it go. But the mouse's chance came, after all. One day the lion got entangled in a net which had been spread for game by some hunters, and the mouse heard and recognised his roars of anger and ran to the spot. Without more ado, it set to work to gnaw the ropes with its teeth and succeeded before long in setting the lion free. There, said the mouse, you laughed at me when I promised I would repay you. But now you see, even a mouse can help a lion. Moral, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. The Cat and the Mice There was once a house that was overrun with mice. 
A cat heard of this and said to herself, "'That's the place for me,' and off she went and took up her quarters in the house and caught the mice one by one and ate them. At last the mice could stand it no longer, and they determined to take to their holes and stay there. "'That's awkward,' said the cat to herself. "'The only thing to do is to coax them out by a trick.' So she considered a while, and then climbed up the wall and let herself hang down by her hind legs from a peg and pretended to be dead. By and by a mouse peeped out and saw the cat hanging there. "'Aha!' it cried. "'You're very clever, madam, no doubt. But you may turn yourself into a bag of meal hanging there if you like, yet you won't catch us coming anywhere near you.' Moral. If you are wise, you won't be deceived by the innocent airs of those whom you have once found to be dangerous. THE FOX AND THE GRAPES A hungry fox found some fine bunches of grapes hanging from a vine that was trained along a high tree, and did his best to reach them by jumping as high as he could into the air. But it was all in vain, for they were just out of reach. So he gave up trying, and walked away with an air of dignity and unconcern, remarking, "'I thought those grapes were ripe, but I see now they are quite sour.' Moral, it is easy to despise what you cannot get. THE TWO GOATS Two proud goats happened to meet on the opposite cliffs of a high mountain range, where a fierce river ran below through a rocky valley. The only bridge across the chasm was a fallen tree so narrow as to frighten two mice passing each other at the same time. Both stubborn goats felt that they had the right to cross the river first. So setting one hoof at a time upon the slender log, they found themselves head to head in the middle of the bridge. Neither goat would give way to the other, and finally they both fell headlong into the roaring waters below. Moral, it is better to yield than come to misfortune through stubbornness. THE FOX AND THE CROW A crow was sitting on a branch of a tree with a piece of cheese in her beak, when a fox observed her and set his wits to work to discover some way of getting the cheese. Coming and standing under the tree, he looked up and said, "'What a noble bird I see above me! Her beauty is without equal, the hue of her plumage exquisite. If only her voice is as sweet as her looks are fair, she ought without doubt to be queen of the birds.' The crow was hugely flattered by this, and, just to show the fox that she could sing, she gave a loud caw. Down came the cheese, of course, and the fox, snatching it up, said, "'You have a voice, madam, I see. What you want is wits.' Moral, do not trust flatterers. THE HERON A heron went wading one early morning to take his breakfast from the shallows of a stream. There were many fish in the water, but the stately heron thought he could find better. Such small fry is certainly not suitable fare for a heron, he remarked to himself. And as a choice young perch swam by, the heron tipped his long bill in the air and snapped, No, sir, 
I certainly wouldn't open my beak for that. The sun grew higher, and all the fish left the shallows for the cool, deep middle of the stream. When the heron could find no trace of a fish left in the stream, he was very grateful to finally break his fast on a mere snail. Moral, do not be too hard to suit, or you may have to be content with the worst, or with nothing at all. THE TOWN MOUSE AND THE COUNTRY MOUSE A town mouse and a country mouse were acquaintances, and the country mouse one day invited his friend to come and see him at his home in the fields. The town mouse came, and they sat down to a dinner of barleycorns and roots, the latter of which had a distinctly earthy flavor. The fare was not much to the taste of the guest, and presently he spoke out with, "'My poor dear friend, you live here no better than the ants. Now you should just see how I fare. My larder is a regular horn of plenty. You must come and stay with me, and I promise you, you shall live on the fat of the land.' So when he returned to town, he took the country mouse with him, and showed him a larder containing flour and oatmeal and figs and honey and dates. The country mouse had never seen anything like it, and sat down to enjoy the luxuries his friend provided. But before they had begun, the door of the larder opened, and someone came in. The two mice scampered off and hid themselves in a narrow and exceedingly uncomfortable hole. Presently, when all was quiet, they ventured out again, but someone else came in, and off they scuttled again. This was too much for the visitor. "'Good-bye,' he said. "'I'm off. You live in the lap of luxury, I can see, but you are surrounded by dangers, whereas at home I can enjoy my simple dinner of roots and corn in peace.'" Moral, better a little in safety than an abundance surrounded by danger. THE BEAR AND THE BEES A bear was once searching for berries in the woods, when he came across an old log where bees had stored their honey. Wishing to find out whether the bees were at home, he sniffed around the log with some caution. Along came a bee on his way home from the fields with more honey, and, on seeing the bear, he angrily leaped upon his nose, stung him once, and flew swiftly into his house. The wretched bear then rushed at the log with his teeth and claws, but the entire nest of bees poured out and swarmed all over his body. Stumbling away in agony, the bear was only able to save himself by falling head first into a nearby pond. Moral, it is better to bear a single injury in silence than to bring about a thousand by reacting in anger. THE HARE AND THE TORTOISE One day a hare was making fun of a tortoise for being so slow upon his feet. "'Wait a bit,' said the tortoise. "'I'll run a race with you, and I'll wager that I win.' "'Oh, well,' replied the hare, who was much amused at the idea. "'Let's try and see.' And it was soon agreed that the fox should set a course for them and be the judge. When the time came, both started off together, but the hare was soon so far ahead that he thought he might as well have a rest. So down he lay and fell fast asleep. Meanwhile the tortoise kept plodding on, and in time reached the goal. 
At last the hare woke up with a start and dashed on at his fastest pace, but only to find that the tortoise had already won the race. Moral Slow and steady wins the race. A LATEN ASS AND A HORSE A horse and an ass were traveling together on a long journey with their master. The horse's back was bare, while the ass carried innumerable bundles. Stumbling under his heavy load, the poor ass cried out to his proud companion, "'Please, good sir, I beg of you to help me carry my burdens, otherwise I fear that I shall die.' But the horse was unmoved by this desperate plea, and refused to share the load. Soon the little ass was completely worn out, and, stumbling pathetically, finally fell. No matter how valiantly he struggled, he could not get to his feet. Seeing this, his master lifted the many packages from the ass, and flung them across the back of the horse, who immediately began to groan and wail in self-pity. "'Woe is me!' he cried. "'What suffering have I brought upon myself? I would not share a lighter load, and look at what has become of me. I must now carry everything alone.' Moral, the strong should help the weak, so that the lives of both shall be made easier. THE MISCHIEVOUS DOG there was once a dog who used to snap at people and bite them without any provocation, and who was a great nuisance to everyone who came to his master's house. So his master fastened a bell round his neck to warn people of his presence. The dog was very proud of the bell, and strutted about, tinkling it with immense satisfaction. But an old dog came up to him and said, "'The fewer airs you give yourself, the better, my friend.' You don't think, do you, that your bell was given you as a reward of merit? On the contrary, it is a badge of disgrace. Moral. Notoriety is often mistaken for fame. THE STAG AND THE HOUNDS A stag one autumn day came to a pond and stood admiring his reflection in the water. Ah, said he, what glorious antlers! but my slender legs make me ashamed. How ugly they are! I'd rather have none at all. The stag was soon distracted from his vain musings by the noise of huntsmen and their hounds. Away he flew, leaving his pursuers a vast distance behind him. But coming upon a thicket, he became entangled by his antlers. He struggled to free himself as the baying of the hounds sounded nearer and nearer. At last he thought, if I am meant to die at the fangs of these beasts, let me face them calmly. But when he ceased to tremble, he found his antlers had come free. Immediately he bounded away, delighting in his legs which carried him far away from danger. As he ran, he thought to himself, Happy creature that I am! I now realize that that on which I prided myself was nearly the cause of my undoing, and that which I disliked was what saved me. Moral, look for use before ornament. The Mice in Council 
Once upon a time all the mice met together in council, and discussed the best means of securing themselves against the attacks of the cat. After several suggestions had been debated, a mouse of some standing and experience got up and said, "'I think I have hit upon a plan which will ensure our safety in the future, provided you approve and carry it out. It is that we should fasten a bell round the neck of our enemy the cat, which will by its tinkling warn us of her approach.' This proposal was warmly applauded, and it had been already decided to adopt it, when an old mouse got upon his feet and said, "'I agree with you all that the plan before us is an admirable one. But may I ask, who is going to bell the cat?' THE BAT AND THE WEASELS A bat fell to the ground and was caught by a weasel, and was just going to be killed and eaten when it begged to be let go. The weasel said he couldn't do that because he was an enemy of all birds on principle. "'Oh, but,' said the bat, "'I'm not a bird at all. I'm a mouse.' "'So you are,' said the weasel. "'Now I come to look at you.' And he let it go. Sometime after this the bat was caught in just the same way by another weasel, and— as before, begged for its life. "'No,' said the weasel, "'I never let a mouse go by any chance.' "'But I'm not a mouse,' said the bat. "'I'm a bird.' "'Why?' "'So you are,' said the weasel. And he too let the bat go. Moral, look and see which way the wind blows before you commit yourself. THE CAT AND THE BIRDS a cat heard that the birds in an aviary were ailing, so he got himself up as a doctor, and taking with him a set of the instruments proper to his profession, presented himself at the door and inquired after the health of the birds. "'We shall do very well,' they replied, without letting him in, when we've seen the last of you. Moral, a villain may disguise himself, but he will not deceive the wise." THE SPENDTHRIFT AND THE SWALLOW A spendthrift, who had wasted his fortune and had nothing left but the clothes in which he stood, saw a swallow one fine day in early spring. Thinking that summer had come, and that he could now do without his coat, he went and sold it for what it would fetch. A change, however, took place in the weather, and there came a sharp frost which killed the unfortunate swallow. When the spendthrift saw its dead body, he cried, "'Miserable bird! Thanks to you, I am perishing of cold myself!' Moral, one swallow does not make summer. Mercury and the Woodman A woodman was felling a tree on the bank of a river when his axe, glancing off the trunk, flew out of his hands and fell into the water. As he stood by the water's edge lamenting his loss, Mercury appeared and asked him the reason for his grief, and on learning what had happened, out of pity for his distress, he dived into the river, and bringing up a golden axe, asked him if that was the one he had lost. The woodman replied that it was not, and Mercury then dived a second time, and bringing up a silver axe, asked if it was his. "'No, that is not mine either,' said the woodman. 
Once more Mercury dived into the river and brought up the missing axe. The woodman was overjoyed at recovering his property and thanked his benefactor warmly, and the latter was so pleased with his honesty that he made him a present of the other two axes. When the woodman told the story to his companions, one of these was filled with envy of his good fortune and determined to try his luck for himself. So he went and began to fell a tree at the edge of the river and presently contrived to let his axe drop into the water. Mercury appeared as before, and on learning that his axe had fallen in, he dived and brought up a golden axe as he had done on the previous occasion. Without waiting to be asked whether it was his or not, the fellow cried, "'That's mine! That's mine!' and stretched out his hand eagerly for the prize. But Mercury was so disgusted at his dishonesty that he not only declined to give him the golden axe, but also refused to recover for him the one he had let fall into the stream. Moral Honesty is the best policy. THE ASS, THE FOX, AND THE LION An ass and a fox went into partnership and sallied out to forage for food together. They hadn't gone far before they saw a lion coming their way, at which they were both dreadfully frightened. But the fox thought he saw a way of saving his own skin, and went boldly up to the lion and whispered in his ear, "'I'll manage that you shall get hold of the ass without the trouble of stalking him if you promise to let me go free.' The lion agreed to this, and the fox then rejoined his companion and contrived before long to lead him by a hidden pit which some hunter had dug as a trap for wild animals and into which he fell. When the lion saw that the ass was safely caught and couldn't get away, it was to the fox that he first turned his attention, and he soon finished him off, and then at leisure proceeded to feast upon the ass. Moral Betray a friend, and you'll often find you have ruined yourself. THE CROW AND THE PITCHER A thirsty crow found a pitcher with some water in it, but so little was there that, try as she might, she could not reach it with her beak, and it seemed as though she would die of thirst within sight of the remedy. At last she hit upon a clever plan. She began dropping pebbles into the pitcher, and with each pebble the water rose a little higher until at last it reached the brim, and the knowing bird was enabled to quench her thirst. Moral Necessity is the mother of invention. THE ASS AND HIS BURDENS A peddler who owned an ass one day bought a quantity of salt and loaded up his beast with as much as he could bear. On the way home the ass stumbled as he was crossing a stream and fell into the water. The salt got thoroughly wetted, and much of it melted and drained away, so that when he got on his legs again the ass found his load had become much less heavy. His master, however, drove him back to town and bought more salt, which he added to what remained in the panniers, and started out again. No sooner had they reached a stream than the ass lay down in it and rose as before with a much lighter load. But his master detected the trick, and turning back once more, 
bought a large number of sponges and piled them on the back of the ass. When they came to the stream, the ass again lay down, but this time, as the sponges soaked up large quantities of water, he found when he got up on his legs that he had a bigger burden to carry than ever. Moral, you may play a good card once too often. You've been listening to a selection of Aesop's Fables. No doubt I've left out some of your favorites, but perhaps you've also heard some for the first time. Let me know if you'd like to hear more and what suggestions you might have for another program of Fables. My email address is rfiggy, that's R-F as in Frank, I-G-G-E, at worcester.edu. That's it for tonight. I hope you'll join me again next week. In the meantime, be well, be happy, all the best. Thank you.